0: Good morning, good evening, good whatever time it is. It's always a good time of day to listen to Pod BN Election Edition 2021. Today we have Steve Harsh, who's running for Normal Town Council. This is also Jeremy Handel on this solo. He has completed our rigorous training program, which consists of just recording one or more episodes with us and showing himself able to engage in civil discourse. was hit and miss there for a little bit, but you pulled through, Jeremy. Congratulations. You've been promoted to host. Before we start, thank you to Little Beaver Brewery. And I need to talk about this burger again, the Beaver Burger. I tell you, I can't recommend it highly enough. Jeremy and Justin keep making fun of me, but they haven't gone and had it themselves yet. And I don't know why not. It is... is—I I'm I kidding you not. This is a delicious, delicious burger. The Beaver Burger... Nice fat patty cooked to your preference. It's got beer, bacon, jam, white cheddar, fried jalapeno strips, lettuce, tomato, and pickle on a fresh brioche bun. Put some of their delicious onion rings next to it. Gosh, it's so good. I feel like I need to mention it again after the sponsorship is done, just so everyone knows that this is legit, just me coming at you with a tasty burger in town that you need to try out. If tur- burgers aren't your thing, They've got a big menu to choose from. You can check that out online, littlebeaverbrewery.com, and then go by Finance Drive to check out their new restaurant and the beers that they have on top there. And now, Steve Harsh, running for Normal Town Council.
1: Welcome to PodBN, everybody. This is Jeremy Kelly, and I'm here with Steve Harsh, um, candidate for the Town of Normal uh, Council. Um, Steve, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, to tell our listeners that haven't, uh, well, actually I'll start, I'll start off by reminding everybody that in normal, you run at large, um, right. for, so it's not a ward system. You're, you're everybody in the town of normal can vote for, for you or whatever candidate for the city council. Um, so tell our listeners a little bit about you and, and kind of what inspired you to run for city council.
2: Well, okay. I am uh, born and raised in Bloomington normal, uh, spent my, uh, my whole life here and uh went to school here at trinity that really dates me it's central catholic now okay and uh i've owned um uh, i've owned uh different businesses here throughout the years to uh uh two retail businesses uh a, a real estate office and a financial services office the um The uh, retail businesses, uh, first one that was a first venture was it's actually now the time's passed in in Bloomington. It was originally Topper Steakhouse. My folks started that. Then I bought that from my folks and then changed the name to Steve's Steakhouse and Lounge. And, uh, you know, and then ultimately sold that business, got into uh, real estate. Had my own real estate office here for about five years. Uh, I was actually started selling with uh, J.C. Ebach. I don't know how long you've been in the community or if you're familiar. I'm the, I'm like, uh, okay, then then okay. you then you would uh, remember J.C. Ebach. Yep. Okay, and uh, you know, and then I uh, after I got my broker's license and I opened my own office. Uh, then we uh, went into another retail business, budget liquors and normal. We uh, owned and operated that for the first twelve years in existence. That um, uh, then uh, then I became involved, uh, overlapping there with the financial services business. After selling the liquor store, uh, that is, uh, you know, I've, I've stayed in the financial services business. We sold the liquor store back in the uh, middle nineties. And then I've been in a financial services business since then. Um, As a matter of fact, one of the reasons for selling the liquor store, then everything was uh, going fine until Normal decided that they needed a special 4% liquor tax. I said, wait a second. I said, that's going to drive all the business to Bloomington. Oh, no, they're not going to go to Bloomington, save a few cents on a six-pack. And I said, well, you know, you might be right. They, they may not. Some will, but most people probably won't uh, go to Bloomington to save a few cents on a six-pack or a quart. But if that's all we're selling is six-packs and quarts, we don't stay in business. We have to sell big ticket items. We have to sell cases, cases of beer, cases of wine, cases of liquor, kegs, things like that. Uh, Those items, uh, when you purchase like that, um, then that 4% amounts to dollars. And for dollars, they will drive to Bloomington, uh, which, of course... Uh, you know, they didn't think I knew what I was talking about. Well, that's what happened. And then, uh, you know, and so then I made the announcement. Then after they went ahead and okayed that, that I had a liquor store for sale and uh, I was running for mayor. So I ran for mayor against Kent Carricker. of course, came in second, <laughs> you know, by a fairly large margin uh, because I I refused to spend any money. On the campaign, I found out you just can't do that. Uh, I just talked to as many people as I could. Uh, still, ended up getting uh, roughly about a thousand votes. Um, I had uh, business people, different business people, wanted to give me money, you know, because they sure liked uh, what I was about. And uh, I told them I didn't want their money. I just wanted their votes and for them to tell everyone else they knew. To vote for me. And so, like I said, that was uh, unsuccessful. But I, the thing I tried to tell the people that I talked to at that time, and that's what gets us into today, now, why I'm running, is I said, look, I said, if they see how easy this is to go ahead and just slap an extra tax on top of a tax here, uh, you know, for a new way for uh, that they think is going to be more revenue for them, there's nothing stopping them. It, it, it'll be any other, any other amount of different items uh, that they can do that or for different reasons at different times uh, from here on. And so anyhow, it wasn't too awfully long after that. We had the special hotel motel tax. All right. Then it wasn't too awfully long. Then after that, we had the special food and beverage tax on top of the regular sales tax already. Which uh, you notice, you go to any restaurant to eat, and you get the taxes on it. You, oh my God, uh, what happened here? Uh, and then uh, you go to a grocery store, you get a, you buy any pop or soda pop or. A sandwich already made, something like that. You get the special food and beverage tax on top of that. All right. Then uh, you know. Then after uh, after that, then we get the special gasoline tax on top of the sales tax we're already paying. And then that wasn't enough. We need another gasoline tax on top of the special gasoline tax. And that's of course to take care of the roads. Well, the roads are a mess outside of pristine downtown normal, still downtown to me, uh, you know, not not uptown, um, you know, but uh, the consultants had to come up with something to make uh, the money they were charging justified. Uh, so, anyhow uh we get we've got terrible roads we need another tax on top of the special tax to take care of that but only a small portion of that is going to streets and roads the uh, (laughs) but we're going to have new bike trails okay so and, and these things like the roads okay the streets curbs gutters sidewalks all that stuff used to be taken care of out of the real estate taxes. Well, since we have a special tax for that now that's supposed to be taken care of, it and they're not getting taken care of, where is all this money going? The town has a propensity uh, for uncontrollable, uh, unnecessary spending. And of course, as long as they have taxpayers, as long as they have people to tax, they don't have to worry about spending. Things spend whatever they want, uh, build uh, whatever legacy they want to themselves, no matter how much it costs us. They can't. They don't run out of our money.
1: Well, you. So, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I, you're making my job very easy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I I was going to get into some of these issues with you, and, and you're you're there. So um, I I think listeners are definitely hearing you have a background in business. Um, it's some experience and, and it sounds very passionate about more of these some of these fiscal issues right taxes and, and yeah. whatnot.
2: and seeing like the thing in the financial business uh the the goal that you try to show everybody you know the and all my clients is to be debt free you want to have zero debt especially at the time you retire okay and then of course you want to have enough income. Uh, you know, investments, cash build up uh, so that that money is making the same money that you were used to making yourself. You know, so when that point arrives, you're financially independent. Uh, you don't like what you're doing. You want to quit and retire. You have no debt. You'd have the same income coming in for the rest of your days without missing a beat. You know, you, and you don't like it. You say, I'm out of here. So, yeah, I don't you know, need man. to do let's, this anymore.
1: Let's dig in on that a little bit, because we we just spoke with uh, Mayor Chris Coos uh, and actually top, broached the topic of, of debt and where we're at. Um, you know, normal having somewhere, um, depending on the numbers you're looking at, but the number that was cited was around $100 million of debt. Um, is it your belief that we should be to that debt-free point? We should be at the zero? Should we stay where we're at, or... Um, You know, how would you answer to to Mayor Cruz or or others that say we should do investments? For
2: example, sometimes, you know, like, uh, say, in a uh, real emergency situation, you might need to incur some debt, you know, to temporarily get you through that, okay? But, for example, uh, practically 20 years ago, Chris Coos has been the mayor for 18 years uh, out of the last... 20 years, he's been on the council, you know, for uh, the last 20 years, uh, 18 as mayor. All right. Um, At that time, 20 years ago, normal was virtually debt free. So over that 20 year period, we've gone from virtually zero debt to 85 million, at least in debt, over 200 million in unfunded liabilities. All right. Then over that same period of time, our real estate taxes have doubled, okay? Uh, Over that same period of time, the water bill, another fee that uh, they just love to increase, has increased over 400% over that same time, okay? And when I was going around getting petitions and people that I've talked to have families that have $250 Two hundred two hundred and fifty dollar a month water bills I said, oh, my God, how do you do this? you know with a, a house payment and all and your other utility bills and this I mean uh, unbelievable. but so, those are programmed to increase automatically every year so that they don't have to bring it up as an issue with the council. and then at the same time, We have neighborhoods that are putting up with brown water where they have, because the pipes are uh, so corroded, all right? Uh, And it's hard telling what all is is getting in there. Uh, Of course, the town tells them it's safe to drink. Uh, I told them, and that water, I mean, it is brown. Uh, Over this this period of time that these water bills have increased outlandishly like this where has that money been going why hasn't why hasn't this stuff been maintained i mean i just and then whose job is it to make sure that that's done who's responsible for letting that go like that uh that should cost somebody their job so so uh I mean i guess i'll
1: turn that back to you where who is responsible where where does that rest and and i'm assuming city council i'm I'm assuming a city council should should have an input on that so so what would your solution take
2: usually the thing that you find uh is that everything comes back to the top everything goes back to management and that's where it starts okay well, if you let, let's say uh, you, you, you're
1: running, you win, and day one, you walked in and they said, okay, Steve, you get to pick the agenda. Um, what item are we gonna deal with first? Or what's gonna be the first issue we tackle? Um, what would that be?
2: Well, for one thing, these people that have been putting up with this for over two years, having to go out and buy their water while paying this kind of money for a water bill over that time, Uh, those people should be credited back every dime they've spent on their water bill for the whole time they've been putting up with this. Um, And then whoever's responsible for that, somebody uh, needs to be held accountable for that uh, as we keep going back to see whose responsibility that, that is to stay on top of the water system here. But we have a council and a mayor that wants to spend $5 million, you know, four, four and three-quarter million that they have earmarked, 250000 that they've already used for engineering for a new water line out to Rivian to go right alongside of Bloomington's to have duplicate water lines going out there. Mostly, they, they say for development, well, that plant's been out there for 30 years or more and it hasn't developed yet. In that area, and there is water there, like for uh, Bloomington having a water line going out. So I would say the main purpose is to steal water revenue from Bloomington, it is why they want to spend that money to do that. while at the same time, these people are putting up with this, you know with this kind of uh, an issue in their neighborhood with with the water. And uh, apparently, that probably won't be the only place. Uh, You know, the only neighborhood uh, where that's uh, where that's happened is going to start happening in in other neighborhoods, too, where the system is that old. And uh, that is where that money needs to be spent.
1: And and so it sounds like I was just going to kind of summarize what you're saying. It sounds like if you were on the council, you would not voted for that uh, expansion. But it said you would have been no. saying, "Let's redirect to to the neighborhoods and and do that."
2: If somebody wants to build out there and get and has a, a project going, uh, you know, to justify it, you know, to where the costs are going to be recovered, then fine, right, let's talk about it, okay? But with nothing going on, it's like their full, their idea of uh, well, we'll build it and they'll come. Well, how's that work for and, and and the new prestigious building that they're in right now that's still sitting half empty? The only way they could they could get the builder to develop it and build it is if they sign a lease to occupy it, uh, costing uh, us taxpayers over a ha- about a half a million dollars a year for that lease. When they moved out of a building, they had free clear and paid for that is now sitting empty, uh, their priorities are just all out of whack. But of course, when it comes to building a legacy for somebody, money's no object when you're using taxpayer dollars. I mean, uh, as long as you're not paying for it, no problem. Let's do it. Let's spend it. Let's let's turn our attention to something. Such a good deal. If that thing needed to be built that badly, private the pre-Enterprise system, private business would do it when they recognize an opportunity, they jump on it. But there's a reason why they don't. When costs, when everything is, when the costs are going to be way too much for a community this size to support it, they're not going to. They're not that stupid. To do that only government is that stupid. Well let's let's turn our attention to kind
1: of some of the some of the projects that are happening uh, the trail east or the uh existing one normal plaza um building or the proposed uh, uptown 2.0 since obviously it yeah. seems seems here more again, the issues you're talking about what here, what's your yes, thoughts on those
2: here again here again uh the government town of normal has no business buying up property to try to force a certain kind of development to go somewhere. Uh, there's just, uh, there's nothing that, that's all speculative. Uh, so far it hasn't worked out real well. So let, let's break each one of those apart. Um, one normal
1: plaza, um, a lot of, a lot of controversy, a lot of criticism about that, uh, first floor staying open. Um, and some people saying, uh, that, that the use of some of the upper floors, um, you know, maybe normal should be looking at different. Uh, obviously, they're they're tied in with a lease there, and using some of those. Maybe they should be looking at different options. Where do you
2: fall in that? From what I understand, there was a uh, business that uh, was gonna was willing to lease that to put in a uh, um, to to put a, a business venture in there. Well, the town has the ability to sublease that, and. I'll guarantee you uh, what I will be on board for is if, uh, if we find somebody like that again, uh, that's willing to do that. uh, I'm voting for us to bail out, let that person sublease it. We go back where we were into a building that's all paid for Uh, won't be as won't have the magnitude of the one that they're in now, but, Everybody can't, you know, I mean, maybe everybody'd love to uh, drive a a Rolls-Royce and uh, feel that, uh, you know, that they deserve that. They should have that. Well, if they can afford it, they should. Go ahead and do it. But if you can't, if a Ford or a Chevy is the maximum you can afford, then that's what you're going to have to be looking at. You have to live
1: within your means. So it sounds like uh, if you're on the council, you'd be uh, voting against a 2.0 Uptown 2.0, and and instead yes.
2: using the yes building so there. That belongs. That should be. If that is going to happen, the free enterprise system will work, and they will build it. But if they're going to be paying taxes through the nose, like that, that's what uh, the town seems to know how to do better than anything is uh, tax. Okay? And uh, th- see, there's a reason why people buy things, why they invest in things, and why they don't. If the cost is too great and the returns aren't going to be there, then they won't do it. It's like every time uh, any business comes in here, uh, they go to town of normal to try to uh, to try to get incentives and money from them, okay? Well, if, it, if they're all needing tax incentives to do something, to make it work, well, then what happens after those incentives run out? Business is still there. They've still got to operate. Now, how are they going to do it when those incentives run out, if that's what it took to, get it, to make it work for them? Well, like we've seen with the car plant out here with Rivian, Originally, it was uh, Diamond Star Motors, right? A joint venture with uh, Chrysler and I think maybe Toyota or something like that. Okay, Uh, so the uh, state buys all the farmland to give them the land, Uh, then the town and local government, whatever other incentives they came in with on top of that, okay, Uh, Then the next thing you know, after a number of years, um, Diamond Star is gone. Uh, It seems like after the incentives run out, so does the business. Okay, Diamond Star is gone. All right, then Mitsubishi comes in. Oh, we give all kinds of incentives to Mitsubishi to come in. And after all the incentives run out, eventually Mitsubishi runs out. Okay, now then we have Rivian, all kinds of incentives there, uh, electric car business. Well, uh, they'd been in business for, uh, I guess, a few years prior to coming here, Have never ma- had never made a car yet. They've been here for, what, three years or so, and still haven't produced any cars yet. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when the incentives run out, if they haven't gotten enough uh, billions from Amazon and, and everyone else like that, uh, it would be interesting to see uh, how it all plays out, how it works. But if tax incentives are the big, are the big reason that a business is going to locate here, then why not make it that way for everybody? so that they wanna come here on their own, I mean, reduce the taxes, the sales taxes, reduce the real estate taxes, Uh, get this stuff under control where, uh, like this, we've got probably the best location in the state of Illinois, okay? Right in the center part of the state, and for that matter, right in the center part of the country, okay? Uh, We have two universities here, to supply an educated workforce, where the like at ISU with a, a computer science degree and information technology, this, this location should be an technology hub for the whole country. Uh, we should have all kinds of businesses wanting to locate here because I mean, we're uh, so easy to get to from anywhere, uh, right in between Chicago and St. Louis, On the Amtrak line, a regional airport, intersection of three interstate highways, the home office of State Farm, one of the largest companies in the country, and home office of Country Insurance Company, uh, too. I mean, this should just be bustling here. But there's a reason why people don't come here and why some of these businesses that I just mentioned might be looking to locate elsewhere because they have had it. With the taxes uh, here, with uh, with the cost of what it is to do business here and to live here. So, so Steve,
1: critics of that position would would counter with saying, um, for Uptown, for example, yes, we've spent $90 dollars, $90 uh, but the private industry has come in and, and spent you know two times that factor in different buildings, a CVS or the uh, the bank where. Uh, or, or things like that. I mean, how how do you counter or where is the position for incentives? When do incentives make sense? Do they or in, in what conditions would you look to support incentives?
2: Well, I know when I went in uh, business <laughs> and uh, many other people that I know uh, that went into business, retail business or, you know, any other business for that matter, all leveraged out our, you know, our own assets, put up our own money and did it because we recognized an opportunity and, uh, you know, for the time and the place uh, for a particular business. And if you, you do it to where, uh, you know, you let the free enterprise system work and, and you, but you don't strangle them with taxes and fees and regulations uh so that they can breathe in order for a business to operate it's got to be allowed to make a profit and so the you, government yeah go ahead sorry i'm i'm getting a lot of feedback
1: here suddenly but it, it so obviously it sounds like you're you're more focusing on the business environment and trying to reduce taxes and and keep the fiscal house in order um, do you view that there is a spot for incentive or or that i, I know you, i i'm asking cuz i'm a little confused the, if you had said there could the, be a, a set or system for everybody, but I'm trying to understand what well, you would advocate for.
2: The uh, only only way that I would be in favor of uh, or even consider any type of incentive is if it were a business uh, that uh, their, their product w- would not be sold here, you know, where they're not competing with another business here. Okay, to where uh, they're manufacturing something or producing something uh, that's sold all over the country or or whatever uh, like that, Uh, but not to where they're competing against like businesses right here. So to summarize, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be supportive of, like,
1: for example, the incentives that went to a Portillo's to bring them here versus other restaurants. But uh, something like a brand uh, producing uh, manufacturing that's being sold elsewhere, and that's not already right. being done here, that, right. that's where you are. Exactly.
2: Can... Exactly.
1: Okay. Well, I, I know it probably doesn't feel like it, but we're about halfway through the, uh, the podcast here. So um, one of the things we normally do at the midway point is kind of lightning round. So I'm going to throw out a, a bunch of uh, topics, and we're looking for like the three words or less kind of quick first thing that comes to your mind. And then we can dig into some of these uh, a little bit later. So the um, first one we'll go with is, is Uptown Normal. Uh,
2: disaster. Okay. Connect Transit. Bigger Disaster. Rivian. The door is open. I, I mean, yet to be seen. Okay. Illinois State University should be more utilized with uh, the community.
0: Okay.
2: The sports complex. Uh, Being proposed? Yeah, the potential multi-sport complex. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. As long as private business uh, wants to do it, they see a need for it and and can make it profitable, uh, then go for it. I think we're going longer than three words, but that's good. Uh, Urban sprawl. (laughs) Urban sprawl. We would have it if, uh, you know, if we had the right businesses here. Uh, Constitution trail. It's big enough. And then uh, final one, economic development. Economic development. uh, Yes.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's uh, make sure we hit the the topic of 2020 and 2021 of COVID. Um, curious as to your thoughts. There's been a lot of a lot of conversation about uh, what's been done during COVID, what's the role of government during COVID, and then also what the future looks like and how how businesses are going to recover, how economically or mental health wise people are recovering out of COVID. Um, curious as to your thoughts as you look back over the last year. What has been done right? What's been done wrong? What would you uh, say we should have done differently in approaching COVID?
2: Well, first of all, there should not have ever been one business closed over that, Uh, and and especially when uh, it's businesses selling like products of other businesses that are allowed to remain open.
1: Can can you expand into that last part a little bit?
2: Well, like uh, on your, uh, uh, say, your grocery stores, for example, or your or your uh, hardware stores, um, you know, if, how is it that people can flock into those stores and not get it, but if they go into a restaurant or a bar or a smaller uh, mom and pop business, they would get it? Doesn't make sense to me. Right. So,
1: so your, your position is more like that, you know, hey, if Walmart should be open, then local grocery store, for example. Should exactly. Be
2: open. Yep. Exactly. Okay. See, the business, the business has the right to operate how they feel is in the best interest of their business, their employees and their customers. OK. And if, uh, you know, they can take the precautions that they want to take, if they want to require people to wear masks or social distance uh, okay, and sanitize everything after somebody walks by or whatever, that's their prerogative. They should do that, okay? Uh, But the customers, if they don't feel safe going to a particular business and uh, they feel uncomfortable about it, they don't have to go. Nobody's telling them you have to go there to do business. They can stay home.
1: So at, at what at what point is the town involved or, or where do they have a role in your mind of, um, I mean, clearly the, the health department has a role and a job of protecting public safety, uh, you know, cleanliness, health, health, et cetera. And right, I, I, I think you would.
2: Health department has their regular inspections. And if there's a complaint, uh, then they should act on it. All right. But other than that, they shouldn't be going around uh, closing up businesses. They could make recommendations uh, that they would recommend to the businesses, how, uh, you know, in order to uh, uh, make it maybe uh, uh, safer for customers and employees. And then the business should have the uh, prerogative uh, whether they want to follow those recommendations or not.
1: And, and so then if, if they if they set the rules and and say this is what it is in the business to you using your words there um, it has the prerogative follow or not where is that enforcement will uh, come in do you think that's in the town of normal is that the health department and what should that look like the
0: uh,
2: the health department I would you know should be the the first uh, you know the the have the first authority there you know when it's something concerning health. Uh, you know they uh, uh, they should operate under their recommendations but they shouldn't it should be how do you stay open and and operate and, and in a safe manner uh, but you don't close the businesses. These people have uh, investments, livelihoods at stake, in all of this, uh, they have to be able to survive, too. And there is nobody forcing a customer to go there if they don't feel comfortable about it. Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting a little feedback, so just
1: apologize. Are, are, you, um, are you in the view that uh, it's, it's appropriate to use enforcement through the Liquor Commission or some of those avenues for bars and restaurants, or, or is there a different no. spot, or you shouldn't at all?
2: No, the liquor uh, commission. If they're selling to underage uh, people, you know, violating a uh, liquor ordinance, uh, then you know, then deal with that. But only that.
1: Okay. Okay. Turning away from businesses and more focusing on the individual. Um, There's been some calls as uh, town government needs to do a little bit more help out on an individual level. Um, I know. I know. Uh, there's been actions and past using some of the community block grants uh, for rent relief, actions like that. Where's your Where's your thoughts on what's your position if you're a council member towards uh, more more individual help?
2: Well, as far as individuals goes, here again, the town's only going to dish that out to the very people that they want it to go to. Uh, it's not going to be equally uh, assessed to everybody. Uh, I'll guarantee you that. And there would if the businesses did not have to close in the first place, uh, there'd be no need for that.
1: okay, let's let's turn a little bit to another topic that's been the news of Connect Transit. Um, there's been a lot of talk about things and roles that Connect Transit should be taking. Um, some everything from ADA to uh, a lot of criticism about uh, the board uh, assignments and what what's your role on uh, in in relation to connect transit what you uh, would be advising from a normal council member that connect should be doing doing differently or looking for the future
2: well let me ask you this do you uh, think that a, a business that you have to subsidize to the tune of a million dollars a month is a viable business well i'm not i'm not the one running for office so i don't have to answer oh, that but, exa- but, well, I, but
1: I, but I think that the people on the other side would would come back with something along the lines of, um, you know, transit is a subsidized thing from roads to airplanes to, to whatnot. So there should be a subsidy there. Um, and, and people critical of that say, you know, it's too much. So it sounds like you fall in the they're doing some things wrong.
2: I would say they're doing a lot of things wrong. When you I mean, <laughs> I've never seen, every once in a while, I'll see at least two passengers on one of those huge buses. Most of the time, it's zero to one. So what what is the solution for transit then? Well, right off the bat, there's different things you could do, whether it's a, a ride share or voucher system something like that. Or uh, another thing that uh, I thought that I've said for years anyhow, when I see these empty buses uh, running around uh, and so many of them, when you go out there, I mean, to haul, for each one of them, to haul maybe one or two people, oh my God. Um, You could buy a couple shuttle buses and pick these people up door to door, drop them off, pick them up at their door, and drop them off at the door where they're going uh, for probably less than a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, as opposed to a million dollars a month. Uh, you know, subsidy for all these huge buses to carry virtually nobody. So, so just one.
1: One one of the potential paths there is uh, some of the council members have said that they should have an input on um, or a kind of advice and, and counsel or an interview process for appointing Connect Transit Board members. Um, whereas the mayor has said, you no, know, it's clearly his, his prerogative, his ability, and he'll name the people. Where do you fall on that one?
2: Uh, <laughs> I think... Uh... Uh, well, first of all, when it's uh, just the mayor's uh, priority uh, to do it, uh, he's more than likely not going to have somebody on there that doesn't agree 100% with him.
1: So, so it sounds like you would think that the role of the council would be to um, provide some additional uh, input or have a review.
2: I, yes, exactly. I think okay. they should definitely be able to have some input. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I uh, spending that kind of money, for uh, that's just outrageous. But, of okay. course, it's, it's only taxpayers' dollars. So, you know, what doesn't make any difference, right? Well, are there any
1: other, uh, outside of the issues that we've talked about, we've, we've hit quite a few of the hot-button issues. Are, are there any other uh, issues that are coming to your mind that are, Things you want voters to know about you or or things that are important to you, you think defines why I should vote for you.
2: Well, I'll tell you another thing, though, too. And, uh, you know, uh, for one thing, the town should not be uh, in the business of buying up properties to salvage businesses, you know, that. Uh, especially particular businesses or to build a, uh, you know, uh, make sure that there's a certain type of building built somewhere. Uh, And, and like for the building that they occupy currently uh, downtown, you know, uh, other people have inquired about going into the vacant space, but the town thinks, no, that's got to be a restaurant. We want a restaurant in there. Well, if that was something that would work so well, there would have been restaurant people trying to get in there to do it. There's a reason why all of this doesn't happen. You know, for one thing, usually if the cost the cost is uh, prohibitive, uh, you know, for what amount of business they think that they're going to be doing, and uh, you just can't pay any price to be in business. And the town should not be in the business of buying properties to force a certain type of development or or a certain type of business. Well, Steve, if voters want to uh,
1: reach out to you and interact a little bit more, understand your positions, volunteer, donate, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you and and, uh, reach out and learn more?
2: well, i'm I have a uh, Facebook page, Steve Harsh, for Normal Town Council, uh, that they can go to uh, to interact or message me there. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, and I'm in, I don't think we have phone books anymore, but I am, uh, I was in I, a phone book. I actually, I actually just got a copy of the yellow pages the other
1: day and I had to show it to my freshman year, son. your, uh, you know, freshman year, uh, son, he had no idea what the white pages and yellow pages were. So, so it did show up at my door, <laughs> but it yeah. was a little blast from yeah. the past. Yeah. So, so Facebook, they can reach out and, and get you there yes, and learn more about it. They can definitely
2: uh, message me uh, there on, uh, on Facebook. Okay. Well, before we go, we just
1: want to uh, take a moment to kind of thank our sponsor uh, little Beaver brewery. Many listeners may or may not know they have oh, quite a few craft yeah. beers and, and uh, I've uh, heard
2: nothing but good things about them.
1: Yeah. Wide, wide variety. Um, they also have a yes. kitchen open right now. Um, Okay. that's new in a new patio so we encourage listeners to go out and check out little beavers and and uh, and report back on what you like most so with that steve appreciate your time today thanks for coming on the podcast and uh good luck to you on april 6th thank you very much